Ready. Ryan John, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Got uh, Caribou Part 2 this year. Last year was uh, up north at the Bows. This year, Rifle, you've got first shot. What, um, what's kind of been going through your brain? This hunt's different. We're going to be ambiguous about location and everything. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to reel that in a whole bunch just because there's a lot of very specific information about there about a lot of hunts. Yes. Um, so how does this one look different than uh, than before as far as expectations, training, size, all that? That's a very good question. Um, obviously very excited. I've been looking forward to this for quite a while, and we still got another month and a half to go, another almost two months to go. So um, looking forward to it. Glad uh, you and Abby are coming along. Um, should be pretty cool. Expectations are pretty pretty high for a pretty good bowl. Um, the adventure is going to be there. It's, I think it's going to be a tough hunt uh, as far as finding a decent animal and then uh, getting out of the field. So it's going to be quite the adventure, you know. It's nice that we had last year's hunt, so we kind of get maybe a little bit of an introduction to caribou behavior. We're assuming it's going to be different. Just because Hall Road, next to the road, everything's getting chased around. A lot of people. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be a bonafide caribou spot. We kind of know what caribou look like. It, we didn't do a whole lot of field judging because we didn't see a whole lot of caribou up there. Um, yeah, I've been watching some videos. It's hard to tell. It, yes, it is. It's very hard to judge. I'm, uh, like last year, I feel like, with what we had for opportunities, we just kind of uh, went for the first legal bull um, just because they weren't migrating like we thought they were, you know, first of August and uh, it was hot and um, not a lot of bulls moving and a lot of people. So when there was a bull, it was like, okay, everybody's going to go after it. So um, just so happened that uh, you ended up getting yours. We watched them cross through the little valley there and then we did the chase around for a good, I don't even know how long, but um, ended up getting yours. And then, um, yeah, then we got mine, was heading to the restroom, the little outhouse there. And then I looked up and saw a bowl on the corner while everyone was still in their tents and did the business, said, let's go. And then off we went. So it was uh, pretty good. And then a couple hours later, we were hiking back to the truck. So it was, it was pretty good. And we both shot small bowls, but man, we were very excited. Uh, first time up there, adventure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was good. Last time we were prepared to get away, hike the five miles out, and then live out of the out of the backpacks. This one is going to be that. So, has that changed? Like, are you already thinking about what you're going to pack, what you're going to take, weight, training? How has all that changed? Knowing that there's not going to be a potential for a vehicle. Not that that changes a whole lot because you were prepared. We were prepared to do that before. But uh, have, have you been thinking more about what you're going to take? um ounces anything like that well i'm kind of just wondering because there's going to be three of us and i assume you and abby are going to sleep in one tent and i'm probably going to sleep in my own tent um but you know it's like one of those deciding factors like well do we take one stove or do we take two if we're Mm -hmm. if if we're weight limited then do we um you know do we have to take one uh will that be the deciding factor i can't imagine two pounds being a deciding factor whether or not we each bring a tent but just try to or or if we each bring a stove, not a tent, but if, you know, if we, um, just a little bit more weight conscience this time, you know, it's going to be, I'm assuming we're probably going to primarily be living out of backpacks and we're probably going to be putting in a lot of miles. Um, I'm hoping for anyway, covering a lot of country and do a little scouting for future hunts and stuff like that. So, um, probably I don't, you know, I keep going back to like what, new do i need to buy what new this what new that but my gear is for me has been pretty dialed in um you know uh i've been using the one stove for probably three years now but tent for probably five plus years my bag is you know i bought it uh my sleeping system is probably as light as i can get it as warm as i can get it for the warmth to weight ratio um i just can't the only thing new that I, I just needed to upgrade stuff. I am going to be trying like a new pair of windproof gloves that are light and packable, but not waterproof. So when we're sitting there glassing, um, I'm going to throw those on, give them a whirl. So the good part is, is if we do have to, at least in my brain. So if we do have to, if we are trying something new for, for this hunt, uh, we are going later September. So it might be 
a little colder up there, but we should be able to dial in our gear for up there as far as whether it will work or not work via hunting deer and goat down here for the first month and a half. So mm -hmm. I am looking forward to that, you know, getting, being able to pack out a couple animals before we go up there because, uh, yeah, so really looking forward to it. Yeah, what do you have for, because I might be in the market for a new sleeping bag. Have you got a, ordered a new uh, Marmot? That's uh, that was on sale, which is awesome. And Marmot's the brand that I had, and I really like it. It's not that I, it's just kind of getting old. You you wonder how much it's lost. Um, people were recommending the Kafaru Slick Pack mm -hmm. bag. I think you have a Western Wilderness. What is it called? Uh, Western Mountaineering. Western so Mountaineering. Um, yeah, I was in the same pickle you were last, uh, uh, probably about three or four years ago, and um, I had a bag. I think it was from helium equipment or something like that i can't remember the name of it but it was a 30 degree bag it was perfect it was not super ultra lightweight but it was getting the feathers in there with the, it was a down bag and you know it was get not as lofty as when mm -hmm. i first bought it so you wash it and dry it and still a little clumpy and then one of those things it's like well it's starting to show some age it's probably time to you know upgrade so i figured i was at the time to where i can spend a little bit more money on the sleeping bag get a lightweight compact one and just kind of like, you know, we spend so much time and fee time and money just to get out into the field. I don't want something as small as that, whether I got to wait out a storm, get wet or something. I don't want the bag to restrict me and have to think that I have to go back to the boat or the truck or the airstrip or something like that. So yeah. um, I got the Western Mountaineering um, Ultralight. I only know this because I looked it up yesterday because <laughs> yesterday I was uh, trying to get the information for you. And uh, it's under two pounds. And it's a 20 degree bag, so it covers a. It checks a lot of boxes for 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 what we do. I think and it packs down pretty good. Yeah, it's probably just a little bit bigger than an Nalgene bottle. Maybe maybe two Nalgenes put together. Um, yeah, I had um, a nice stuff pack for my mom, but I lost it. And those things will just fit to whatever bag you put it in. So I'm just I have a regular Sea to Summit dry bag that I have it in. But just by nature of, like, you can roll it as much as you want and then clip it. It's still going to be a fat, bulky mm -hmm. thing. And so if I had the original bag, I'd be able to pack it down smaller. But because it's now more bulky, it fits. It just takes more space in the pack. And that sort of space is at a, at a premium. That's, you know, half a day's worth of food. Yeah. So yeah. packability is such a huge thing, too, in addition to, obviously, warmth and and and, and lightness. But um, I guess there's maybe some other areas that I can... I can cut down or figure it out. But, yeah, it is going to be nice that Dabby and I can split the packing um, needs. But uh, she doesn't have a huge pack. Her Stone Glacier pack that I bought for her is more like an overnight or like a weekend type thing. So she mm -hmm. doesn't have a whole lot of room in that. Um, the load shelf will be fine because she can separate that from the bag. So that won't be an issue. But once you get meat between the bag and the frame, that that's, you know, space that camp could also go into. So Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe the move is going to be to get her a bigger pack because you can just switch out the pack and the frame. Kafar is like that too, right? Where you can put um, a different pack on the same frame. Yeah, they're pretty modular. So actually last night um, I swapped my smaller bag over to my bigger bag. So I bought a new bag for this year. Um, I bought it late last year, so I was able to use it on a rut hunt. But I bought the uh, Kafaru doll, I think it is. And it's, it's a big bag. Like I'm going to cry if that thing gets full of meat and gear on <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, gonna have to buck up. Uh, yeah. Put my big boy shorts on for that one. Um, so, uh, yeah, they're pretty modular, and you know, if you want to, you can take that bag off and you can put meat between the pack and the frame. It works. It's not a bad system. I just believe in. I've always I've tried it both ways. So, uh, I've had a Kuyu pack, which they're designed to put the meat between the pack and the frame. Works pretty good. Um, I've had Kafaru, and I just like I put all of my boned out meat or however I'm going to pack my meat into an OR bag. So it's a dry roll top mm -hmm. bag and uh, it's waterproof. So that's the biggest thing is the blood won't get in my pack. So, uh, but it holds your meat in a nice, good, you know, almost like if you're training, it holds it into like a sandbag form. So it keeps it um, slender and easy to uh, tighten. It keeps it easier against your back in a nice, uh, form so it forms kind of to your back and it doesn't there you don't have meat or anywhere slopping out so yeah. i just like throwing throwing that big big bag of meat in in into my bag right right up against my back and then 
right against my back and then throwing stuff around and then tightening everything down around that. It seems to work pretty good. Mm -hmm. So I have uh, the stone glacier version of that and it is nice that it fits like you said, that tubular sort of thing. (laughs) So it doesn't have kind of leak and falling out. I do really do like those uh, Argali game bags that, uh, that I have. And those work pretty good because black tailed deer, you're not dealing with so much meat that it's just going to flop out unless mm-hmm. you're using multiple bags or anything like that. You don't get it cinched down. Right. So, um, yeah, there's uh when you're going after bigger animals, those are the considerations, the, I'm not super concerned about wetness, but I'm worried about, or I'm, I'm thinking about what gear to take. I have some rain pants and a rain jacket, but down here, once late September, October starts rolling around, I'm wearing Grundon's bibs and a jacket. That's going to mm-hmm. keep you stinking warm and dry you're going to get wet from sweat but it's going to evaporate better Mm -hmm. um that's a lot heavier though and it'll be interesting to see miles wise what we end up covering yeah um caribou from you know they tend to migrate always moving always moving so i don't think we have to really worry about if we go up with some of these um creeks and valleys and things like that that we don't i don't think we have to worry much about putting our scent back in there like if you have a moose that's running around in a certain area, might think something's wrong and it's going to take off. Mm-hmm. There should always be some sort of migrating, replenishing, moving. We're well, not migrating, but moving caribou in there. So we shouldn't have to worry about that. So we should be able to cover some miles, but I don't want to be zigzagging back and forth. Like now and now they're here and now they're there. It's it's going to be tough to not do if we yeah. happen to see something. Yeah, I'm not too concerned about our, I'm, I mean, within reason, I'm not too concerned about our wind, you know, Unless we find an animal stock and then, yeah, then, then we'll be concerned about our wind. But luckily we have a pretty good, uh, caribou consultant, Harrison. So yeah. I thank, thank him a lot for, uh, for all the information he's been giving us. But, uh, um, yeah, name of the game. He just says, get high in glass. And that's kind of how it goes for like Alpine deer down here and, uh, called fishing game and up there in Fairbanks. He's just like, yeah, just get high in glass and. That's yeah. pretty much it. Let your eyes do the walking and you hear podcasts and stuff like that. And that's kind of just what a lot of people just say, just let your binos do the walking. So we'll have no end of country to cover. So it should yeah. be, should be good. It's pretty funny how when you, you're going on a different species hunt and you start doing the research, start talking to people, start listening to podcasts and whatnot. And how many of these things are pretty much the same? Yeah. Just glass, mm-hmm. get a pie and glass. Be patient, but when you're ready to make a move, make a move and then pay attention to the wind. Yeah. But, you know, just do all this basic fundamental hunting things. And that's, that doesn't matter if it's antelope or caribou or whatever. It's just the same sort of thing, just in a new context. Mm-hmm. So that's refreshing and feel pretty good about that. Yeah. Yeah. Just get high and walk the ridges if if we can, then just keep on moving and let our, just keep glassing. So should be pretty interesting um we're going a little later and to me up north later in the year i'm kind of thinking snow kind of thinking frost but um i guess a lot of people still moose hunt around that time so i mean mm-hmm. probably running the same same thing so not uh kind of a little bit of the unknown so yeah that mid-september is for that area is is getting getting kind of late ish at least, I guess by our standards, because late September is the end of the alpine season down here, pretty much. And so you think, well, if you go hours and hours north, it's going to be even worse. You know, is it going to be snow? And there could be snow. And there was snow up on the uh, in the Brooks Range when we were up there last year, and that was August, beginning of August. So, I mean, the weather is always going to be a consideration. It's just different when it's snow, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah that'll be interesting. Once we're ten days out, I'm going to be just checking. Oh yeah. Checking. Nonstop. But then there's a difference between the nearest city and where we actually go. And that happens to us when we go, you check the Ketchikan weather and then you, you look outside and you know, Oh, actually you can't see anything up on the mountain in town. It's nice. Or in town, it's high ceiling, maybe a little bit of mist, but you go back to where you want to deer hunt. And then all of a sudden it's not socked in. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit concerned about that. You get in the mountains and and you, that sits in, but again, that's part of the experience. So, yep. What are you uh, taking rifle wise? Uh, I'm going to be taking my uh, 6.5 Creedmoor. Yes. What do you shoot out of that? I shoot the uh, 143 
grain ELDX by Hornady, mm. and that has just been a phenomenal bullet out of that uh, out of that gun. That gun is lighter; it's uh, seven and a half pounds loaded with my bipod. So it's I I bought that gun and put put it together. I didn't build it because I'm not that I'm not that guy. I just yeah. you know slap some parts on it, and uh, I wanted a lightweight platform that still fairly decent all the way around it might be a little bit light for what we're doing but i mean i mean tyler friel just killed a grizzly bear with the, <laughs> yeah. he with did a lighter it, bullet than did, that so did it to prove the point it's funny whenever you look at at whenever he posts anything about it there's always a couple of people who just make the comments right off the bat it's like well of all the things man why not of yeah. all the things that that you're going to argue about or why can't you just be happy I'm like, oh cool man that's yeah. great yeah i'm pretty sure uh frank laster he hunted with a smaller gun than that. So, Mm -hmm. and he killed a lot more animals. So my buddy, Rob, uh, his wife, Mandy shot a whole bunch of animals down in, uh, uh, Montana when they were down there, uh, with a 243. Nice. Cause her dad was a guide and just taught her. Yeah. Aim for the heart. Yeah. Just hit the heart. If you hit the heart, it doesn't matter. And so she grew up with that very meticulous aim exactly for this very spot. I'm going to hit the heart. I'm not going to hit the side. I'm not going to hit the animal. I'm going to hit the stinking heart. So she's, uh, mule deer and and elk and all that stuff. She's taking it with a two forty three because it's just hit the right spot. And that's probably a caliber for 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 a female or smaller person. I I mean I hunt with a two forty three sometimes. Um, I used to hunt a lot with a two forty three for deer in the rut here, and I've even taken it up to the Alpine. But that's a comfortable cartridge. It doesn't have a lot of kick, so you're not mm-hmm. going to get jumpy with it. Um, it's not it's not the biggest bullet. It's not you know thirty out six or three hundred whatever so but uh i mean it does the trick if you aim for the heart or double lungs i mean it your your animal's probably mm. gonna die yeah and i think part of it if you get uh if you get too big or it doesn't have to be a massive uh thunder maker mm-hmm. even with an ot six you think all right this is a bigger caliber gun and so i don't have to be right on here because it's still a bigger caliber it could still i mean that's the exact sort of thing that you shouldn't be doing yeah and i've done that too with my I've missed with a twenty-two, and there's no kick. Yeah, there's nothing there. It's it's a hardly even a sound. But you're aiming, aiming at a at a grouse up in a tree, and you just get excited, and you just do something stupid, and then you get too excited with an out six or or two seventy, so just kind of getting over that. And so I've been putting a lot down range, but I'm not convinced um, that my uh, I got I'm shooting some the cheapest stuff they had at Tongas. It's the federal. Um, After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/waypoint. That is mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint. Something, I don't know, but that ELDX is, ELDX, is that the right yep, stuff? Yep. Yeah. yeah. What do you, Hornady? what do you bring in? You and Abby bring in? You uh, bring a rifle? Two, 270, just because I like it the most. Yeah. Um, and um, my buddy actually shoots Hornady and I really liked, like all my best shots were made with the Hornady. I was like, man, this is. At first, I thought it was mostly like me because I didn't want to be the type of person who like, oh, blame the scope. Oh, scope's off. Scope must have got bumped or, you know, whatever else. Or the ammo's bad. Like, 
if if it's my fault, then I can fix it. Yeah. Right. So I, this no, this is a matter of me. I need to practice more. I need to make sure that I'm not twitching, that I'm pulling, that I'm, I, I got to make sure that I have my fundamentals down. That's the first thing. Once that is figured out, then I can start looking about whether or not I, the the ammo is good or, or mm-hmm. not. So um, I've only been hunting for ten years, you know. So um, I I'm starting to get to the point now where I'm, I'm definitely looking at okay, I got my stuff together. This this could be an ammo thing, or this is an ammo thing. Let's find something now that you got everything else dialed in. Let's find something now. Let's find some ammo that the that the rifle likes to shoot, mm-hmm. rather than not shoot at all and just blame the ammo when yeah. it's really me. So, uh, two seventy because I like it more. I don't like my Ot six. It was the cheaper. Um, I think it's a Ruger. Is it the American or whatever? It's just there was like the kit one that you get on sale for the cheapest. Yeah. Um, good starter rifle. Yeah, good starter rifle, but. Uh, I just don't like how it, um, yeah, just don't, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. The, the 270, it's a Savage 116. Really like it. Um, the bolt runs nice and smooth and um, got a nice uh, scope on it. So Nice. Yeah, you just got a new scope for that, right? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, the, uh had a Vortex Razor on it, and it fogged up last year during rut. Mm. And I, I've, I've dropped that thing so many times. And just the, you spend... You know, three or so weeks worth of days out hunting up here, and it's always wet, always wet, always wet. So finally, it fogged up and it didn't go away. So um, they replaced it. So that, that was awesome. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah, that's and it was an cool. older model, so I got the newer model, which is great. So yeah, I feel most comfortable with that. I like that, and got the new Spartan bipod. Same thing that you did. What do you think of it? Love Have it. You shot absolutely, with it yet? Absolutely love it. Yeah, take it to take it to the range. Absolutely love it. I love how easy it is to just. It's magnetic, and so you can take it out snap it right up um i had receiver my previous bipod was uh can't remember but it was, it was pretty clunky it was there were three different um like settings or or widths or um, lengths on the legs so you could almost be you could be kneeling like up and like on your knees kneeling and you could shoot so almost standing you could almost shoot i mean there was a lot of a lot of uh space that you could create or a lot of uh, elevation you could get from it but that just means that you're gonna have a lot bulkier sounds heavy a lot heavier yeah uh operation there so probably stable though pretty stable sounds yeah. stable anyway. he used that yeah. for the winter caribou with harrison and nice. it was sweet nice uh, but it was on the lowest setting so i'm i'm curious about the shots up here um when you get in that tundra and the same thing with uh, that plant life can be a little bit taller than you think. And so it's probably going to have to be a pack and then that on top of that. Um, but then there's still some brush and stuff around. So it'll be interesting to see. I think that's going to be an absolute blacktail alpine killer. Oh, yeah. It's going to yeah. be so good. It is It is nice. I used it for the first time last year. And that's my first bipod I've ever owned. I've, I've heard a lot of good things about them. I was like, okay, well, we'll try one. So I bought it, put it on the rifle. And, uh, yeah, it's been awesome. I think I shot, uh, two deer with it now, maybe. Yeah. At least two deer with it. And one was a 400 yard shot. Awesome. Stable. And then the other one was a 225 no brainer and just pop the thing out and just put it down. And yeah, it was extremely stable. So nice that and that six, five, it, it just doesn't, doesn't kick at all. So I can with what well, well, I took my muzzle break off because that was, that rattled my ears pretty bad so i <laughs> took that off and but with that it shooting it with the muzzle brake i could watch where the bullet was going oh, i wow. mean there was just no kick no nice. jump but there wasn't a whole lot of kick without it so i took it off just because i don't wear ear ear protection when i go out hunting it's more of just a the i mean it's probably silly but uh i just don't so um a couple shots and yeah it's i mean it, the adrenaline is going so so good anyway right right before you pull the trigger is just i don't hear it so took that off and it's extremely stable with that um with that bipod so yeah really enjoy it how do you deal with because you're not a sponsored rich person how do you uh pick and choose what gear is most important what you're going to choose to get and what not i just bought some new arrows and so that's probably going to be why i don't get a new sleeping bag I don't think I can do both, especially I got the new bipod too, and they got the new um, spotting scope uh, attachment for oh, the yeah. phone, which is so nice. But I, I can't 
buy everything. Like you get a little deed, uh, if there's, if it's 20% off and that makes it a little easier. That helps. There has to be some sort of deal. Otherwise I just can't be buying all this stuff. So how do you prioritize what gear improvements you're going to do? Cause you're a regular guy without sponsorships. Uh, so I listen to a lot of podcasts and I like listening to the podcasts that aren't, um, sponsored by, uh, like Spartan and they're not Spartan and they're not spot sponsored by Magview or any of these bigger companies. So like Firecast, those guys are true and they believe in the products that they promote and they're not, pay, they're not getting paid to mm-hmm. do that. And you know that they're putting it to the test cause they're going to Alaska, Colorado, you know, wherever they're, they're putting it to the test. They're hunting a lot with stuff like that. So, um, that, and, uh, listen to a couple good podcasts with, uh, the owner of Spartan precision and, that guy's values are just top notch. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just seems like a very good guy, believes in his products, believes in making a good product that's going to last. And that really helps. Um, so as far as uh, the spending and stuff like that, you know, I try to find the best deal. I try to wait on sale, but sometimes, you know, I just see something shiny and I'm like, okay, I got to buy it. So mm-hmm. work a little overtime, you know, maybe, but yeah. It's uh, I'm definitely the spender out of my relationship and, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but again, um, we're putting food on the table. You can justify it however you want. You yeah. know, I could, I could, yeah, sit here and justify it either way, but, uh, this is what I love to do. I absolutely love hunting. I love fishing, but I love to go out and hunt. I love to hunt bear, deer, goat, you know, anything, mm-hmm. anything that I can. Um, and part of that you get to a certain level and you just want to start buying what you feel is the best. So Mm -hmm. like with my spotting scope, I was like, okay, well first spotting scope I bought, it was a Vortex razor, 85 millimeter, something like that. It's a great spotting scope. Um, expensive, but then you get to a point where it's like, okay, the warranty's good. The glass is pretty good. Um, but it's like, there's something better that I can see clearer and farther. I can mm-hmm. count more points, rings, etc. So like when you're going on sheep hunt, uh, I wouldn't ever do it, but if you have to count rings to make sure it's legal, or if you have to full curl, um, you're going to want the best glass yeah. because if you make the wrong move and he's seven eights, I mean, there's, there's, there's penalties for that. And, yeah. and you as the hunter, you know, pulling the trigger, uh, you have to be able to make those judgment calls. So I believe in having, you know, the best gear that I can afford. And if it means saving up or selling some of your old gear, um, then, then yeah, that's, that's, that's just what I do. So, yeah, I think it's big too, that you don't go through, you're talking about your tent that you've had for a while. You've had your sleeping bag for a while. So if you have those, you're not and same thing with gear. Um, like you've been running the same, uh, Kuyu stuff for a while, right? A couple of years. So if you're turning everything over every two years, that's going to be way too expensive. Oh yeah. That's going to be a huge problem. Yeah. So. And, uh, you know, some, some people that their new thing is they like to buy bows every year. Like to, you know, they like to buy the latest, greatest Sitka line or Kuyu line or whatever. And that, well, that's going to take, uh, what's the matter with the 2019 stuff? If you just want to get everything new in 2020, I mean, no. probably nothing wrong. So, yeah. I don't buy new clothing every year. Um, you know, I have some stuff that's been put through the ringer, but still works. So I still wear it. So I think I'm on my fourth year with the rain gear that I have now. It's the Kuyu Kutana, I think. And it's pretty good. It's lighter weight. Um, so I don't think I would want to wait out a rainstorm in it, but mm-hmm. I don't think anybody wants to wait out a rainstorm in any sort of rain gear. So it's that's when you hunker down and hop in your tent. Yeah. The brush is always really difficult on the rain gear up here. I got chipped away at a, at a Sitka system and I still have the, the hoodie from it. Love it. And then I ended up getting, uh, I got the puffy pants. I think I got the puffy pants before I got the puffy jacket, but I got them like two years apart and they're fine. You know, you don't use them every single time you just have them. So there's really no reason at all. Um, to, to not just chip away at it and then have that stuff and really like that and then look for other things that enhance the experience. Mm-hmm. Color does enhance the experience. Yeah. Um, boots, selling your boots last. What do you got? Uh, so I'm trying a new pair. So I've uh, had uh, Scarpas last couple of years, probably. I don't even know how many years, but I've had a pair of Scarpas for 
uh, quite a while. Um, I like that stiff sole. Uh, those first I had a synthetic pair of Scarpas, and those lasted a couple years, and now I got. Anyways, um, so this year I'm trying out uh, Hanwag's, uh the Alaska GTX. So it's a Gore-Tex leather boot. It's got a little bit of flex to it. Um, biggest thing is waterproof. I can recondition the leather. You know, I can um, put some conditioner on there, and so far it's been a good boot. Uh, uh, been wearing them a lot. Um, been on a couple hikes with them, so I'm really looking forward to uh, having some dry feet and uh, giving giving them a shot. So I think I got those back in last. So they're not even a year old yet. So I can't really talk too much about them yet. So, mm-hmm. but they're 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 comfortable. They're 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 warm. I uh, got the sheep feet insoles um, for them too. Uh, a little different than. So I normally run the green super feet, um, and I just decided to go with the, I think sheep feet was having a sale on them or something like that. So I went, did the thing and ordered, uh, ordered one of them. They send you this little plaster box. You put your feet in there and I don't know if I can tell a difference. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to, if I can tell a difference, you know, notice anything with my form or, you know, back pain or soreness when I carry out a heavy load with them. So I can't. I can't uh, say yay or nay on them yet, but I, f- I figured I'd give them a shot. So you do any uh, specific training for this, or you just pretty much stay in shape for year round? Uh you know I fall off the wagon probably just like everybody else, and uh, you know summers has just been going. This summer has just been going by so fast. It's like you want to go out fishing, you want to go out camping, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, but it's July and I got to go hiking. Otherwise, mm-hmm. August is going to suck. So um, been trying to do a couple hikes a week, just just starting. In, in in july but i feel like i stay in decent enough shape um throughout the year so uh i like to run and i'll do some hikes as we get closer and uh, just just a little workouts um nothing specific uh lift a little bit of weight so I'll probably just do some weight uh some plate workouts you know just 25 pound uh, plate and just pick that up from wrestling high school that mm. yeah it's pretty effective so yeah nothing super specific no yeah getting the pack on the back is a big thing starting getting uh heavier packs and doing some of those hikes or and then especially on no, uneven terrain is big you can put on a, a 40 pound pack or 60 pound pack and walk on the trail and okay that's fine but that's not that's way different than on a slick surface or on like a game trail or, mm-hmm. or an alpine trail so try to get um, the pack. I noticed the difference, just my, my pack going up. I packed everything I could think of in it, totally prepared for this last, uh, it was just an overnighter, but I just wanted to get that first kind of heavy pack. So my pack was over 45 pounds. Sweet. And, you know, it was fine. It was, I, I was going slower than I thought. You know, it just felt weird to have that extra weight because I, you know, it's, the other hikes have been going on with just the spotting scope and some water, maybe a couple snacks, you know, that's a really super light pack. So you can go fast and, yeah. you know, so that, uh, that heavier pack. So I, I felt it a little bit and especially going through that brush and then you got some of the slick surfaces, it makes it a little bit different, but, uh, um, yeah, I felt that I was in a, a pretty good shape there, but that's the big difference. A lot of people talk about when they come up here is just how slick it is and how they thought they were in shape, but there's a big difference between a Stairmaster and an actual mountain. There's a big difference between walking, on a flat surface on a, on a sidewalk with a pack and actually getting some elevation and, and unstable surfaces. Uh, yeah. I am also a firm believer, you know, something is better than nothing. So, uh, oh, yeah. you know, rather than just sit, sitting on the couch until, Oh, it's August 1st. It's time to strap on the pack and go. Well, I'll just suffer through. I'm not one to suffer through. I would like to enjoy the experience. Granted, I'm going to push to get up there, but yeah, I believe something is better than nothing. So, um, but, but yeah, I mean, you're right. Just getting the pack on and just, just going out. I mean, there's probably no better training than that. Cause yeah. that's exactly what you're going to be doing. So, so, uh, coming full circle, I guess with the actual caribou. So what, um, what shot expectation are you looking at? What, um, uh, are you, are you looking for anything specifically? I know you listened to the mega boo, uh, episode on Tyler Friel's podcast, Tundra talk. And what that, that thing had. Was it over 200 pounds of meat came off that? Sounded that like that was a, yeah, that sounded like a big caribou. I, yeah, uh, I'm going to try to keep my expectations low, um, just so I'm not disappointed, but I would like to shoot a, just a mature caribou. I've, uh, 
heard that where we're going, you know, the caribou, they're probably, I think the fishing game guy said, uh, they're 20% bigger than, than a mature North slope boot. And mm-hmm. we, and, and we shot small ones. So, and that was still a healthy pack out for us. So, um, I'm not looking for double shovels. I'm not, you know, I'm not looking for any characteristics as far as the antlers go. I just want a good, I just want a good caribou, good, good mature caribou. I'm not going to put restrictions on, uh, on, you know, big palms or anything like that. I just, I feel like I'm going into this hunt as when I see it. And if it gets me excited, mm-hmm. then I'm probably not going to be able to pass it up, which yeah. I'm really looking forward to. I don't want to put, yeah, I just don't want to put restrictions and I don't want to set my expectations too high. I've seen a lot of photos of some good caribou coming out of here. I've heard a lot of good stories. Uh, it's definitely just exciting, but I just, I just want to go up and hunt. Yeah. Caribou are weird because you look at them and if you're thinking about a good representation of the species, the difference between something that's a good representation of the species and like upper end trophy is so vast. Um, and I, there's so much junk and so much extra stuff going on. You got the back scratchers, you got the shovels, you got the, you got so much going on. It can look like almost weird, almost alien. There's some, I kind of think of whitetails and I I think it's disrespectful maybe to, to make any sort of comparison between such a wild animal like caribou and some of these, these black or these whitetails that you get, but they just have all those stickers and they're not uniform. It's not like a nice looking whitetail six by six. It's got 87 little things just hanging off everything. It looks like a, uh, uh, stinking sagebrush or something like that. Or like, a. um, just it just looks weird and gross because there's just so much going on yeah so i don't want to say that there's caribou that looks like that because i don't want to make it seem like it's gross or like it's inbred or there's damage or there's whatever but some of those are just there's so much it's almost distracting it's almost too much going on too much going on yeah you can't look away because there's a new point there there's one coming off of that point right yeah it's funky i i can see what you're saying there yeah they're cool though yeah very cool cool. yeah i've seen some Pictures, uh, Harrison showed us some pictures, and some other people have some pictures, too, of just some beautiful-looking caribou that just look absolutely massive. Yes. Especially when they're in velvet, because that whole velvet thing, it just, it's it's alien. It's so wild. Got to go back. So I did, um, I lied. So I did keep one restriction on there, and that's why I kind of wanted to go later in the season. Uh, I didn't want to shoot one in the velvet, mm-hmm. because we shot ours in the velvet last year, and Antlers are cool. Antlers are something you can hang up in your shop. Antlers are something you can show your buddy. I want a good set of uh, hard, hard, hard antlers. Hard antlers or hard horned? Yeah, they're antlers, right? Yeah. Okay, so hard antlers is what <laughs> we're gonna get. Now with. you're totally overthinking <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I want a good set of hard antlers that uh, you know I can put in my shop or I can mm-hmm. put put wherever. So I haven't decided if I'm gonna go a mount. Um, I think a pedestal mount in the corner of the living room or something like, like that would be pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. But I don't have a big house and that takes away money from another hunt. So I'm kind of uh-huh. thinking if I did, if I was successful, um, I would probably just do a Euro. Um, it's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, less it's a good look, out. man. You can't go wrong with a Euro. Yeah. Yeah. And something I can, you know, I can put in my shop, I can put in my workout room. So, um, yeah, and it won't take up that much room, and it's not that expensive to get to to, to get done up. So, but um, yeah, I just want to shoot a big caribou. I'm, if if we only see small ones, I'm probably not going to shoot a small one. So there's a chance this could just be a really fun hiking trip. So, but I'm okay really? with that. Yes, I'm okay with not shooting a decent mature animal. I don't want to sound like a trophy hunter or anything, but just the just with where we're going. I mean, that's that's kind of that's kind of where I'm leaning. So right now on uh, July 6th. Yeah. Now ask me on the last day. There's yeah. something close uh, uh, <laughs> to where we're being picked up. <laughs> See Plans might change pretty there. quick. Yeah. Yeah. I could the, get trigger um, happy. Yeah. The hard horn uh, caribou, it's, it's a really cool looking, cool looking thing there. I know um, some of the people that get them shipped down there because you got to put them in a box. You got to, you know, get it figured out. And if you get anything in there, any flies or any maggots or whatnot, that just the, uh, Velvet is just so much more rich, bloody terrain for maggots or whatnot to get in there too. So it'd be a lot cleaner probably if uh, if it's hard horns, which is which is nice. Yes, and it, 
smelt so bad when because I had it in my cooler on our way down last mm, year, and yeah. I had it on ice. I mean, granted, it wasn't frozen, but I was just like, oh my goodness, this it's after a couple of days, yeah, even on ice, it was like this is stinky. This is, yeah, yeah. So I just disposed of them. But uh, yeah, you, you did the smart thing. You just got rid of them right off the bat. Like, yeah, well, mine wasn't at all anything to look at. If it would have been hardhorn, because I, I brought back the the cow hardhorn antlers from uh, that uh, <laughs> that hunt, and they're just. It, unmistakable caribou very yeah. small because it was a because it was a cow and it was open to cows it was a cull the herd uh hunt but um yeah it's gonna be sweet i'm I'm excited to get up on one of those knobs and just be glass and just kind of look around and see what's there it's gonna be some definitely some nice remote wilderness once we get back in there oh and, it's gonna uh, be so fun yeah it, it'll be cool how the habitat intersects it's not clearly caribou and maybe like see a fox or something like that it's like caribou intermingling uh with grizzly grizzly bear intermingling with with moose intermingling on the high end with sheep it's Mm -hmm. like an all in one and there's a lot of areas in alaska that are like that um but uh yeah it'll be cool to be in one to to kind of see that because down here it's you go up on a deer hunt and it's deer maybe some goats some areas maybe mountain goat and then some deer and some black bear, but just these animals we don't see very often. Yeah. You know, to be able to be on one glassing knob and look way up and maybe see some white dots that are sheep and then caribou at eye level and down look at moose, that's going to mm-hmm. be a pretty pretty cool potential experience to have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably going to have to go through gear because I don't know if we want to bring uh, two spotting scopes or if we want to just bring one spotting scope. And, yeah, so definitely be a lot of planning but i feel like nothing to it for i mean we've been on a lot of hunts together already so yeah. i think just, three binos for sure oh yeah yeah that's kind of personal spotting scope at least in my mind yeah um yeah may, i guess maybe you're you don't have a jet boy yours is the msr msr yep it's strictly just for boiling water i mean that thing has an on off and it is fast it's not the lightest but um it's tough and it and, and it boils fast. So, but yeah, you're not going to simmer like any any food in it. No. You know? Yeah, we uh, we just have jet boils. I, I guess I do have some other, like a jet boil pan and whatnot and pot, but that just ends up being. Yeah, if need be, we've boiled hot dogs. Yeah. In our in our in our jet boil, I think we've cooked some steak in there too, some steak chunks. Oh wow! Just add a little bit of water and just stirred it up. Sweet. Yeah. Pretty. How'd that turn out? Kind of horrible. Yeah, not great. <laughs> no, but I think if uh, you know we have some meat, then you just put a little fire. Yeah, and, uh, and then roast something. Oh like yeah, that. back straps. Yeah, maybe some two, uh, maybe two of those. Um, hot tent probably not going to make it. Uh, you know, I'm. I want every everybody to be comfortable. I realize I'm asking a lot. You know, for for um, people to come out and just hunt hunt with me and pack pack for me so i i want everybody everybody to be comfortable so and i feel like um you know with what we got going on i'm probably just going to bring it um then we'll just set up like a base camp style Mm -hmm. um you know and uh just get base camp set up and get 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 a big stash of firewood so so that way you know if we get back in late at night and it's like oh i don't want to set up my tent i'm tired let's just Mm -hmm. but you got to set it up so it's like if we already had a base camp set up with some firewood on the side, maybe a cooler or something, um, just just depends. Um, I think it would be really nice to just be able to – it'd be more of an incentive. So if we did get something later, it's like, okay, we can get a – we can get some meat back to a, back to the pickup spot and then we can just sleep there at base camp and then we can get recharged, have a nice warm, warm mm-hmm. fire in the stove and wake up. Uh, eat some co- or drink some coffee, eat some breakfast, and then strap on whatever we. Long story short, yes, I think we are going to be yeah. bringing it and the stove. Then we would have to bring bring tents for spike camps, though. So that ends up being how much is the hot tent weigh? Mm, the tent and the stove and the pole and everything. It's under eight pounds, so it's not, and it's about as big as a basketball. I mean. Mm-hmm. It's about as big as the basketball. So I think it's well worth the wait. I mean, yeah, we're not going out there for three weeks, but again, it's like, okay, well, if we don't have, if we already have a shelter set up at the pickup spot, then 
we don't have to set up our tents. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if 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 it snows on day one, and everything just ends up, or you know, you're going to be slopping around. If you can't get your shoes, if if you start off wet, then that kind of changes the complexion of the whole rest of the week. If weather's bad right off the bat, so it'd be nice to have it. But then also, you know, if it, it's going to add weight, it, I don't know. Well, we have months to debate that. So I mean, I don't. Abby and I are both not like I want it to be as luxurious as possible. But but I also feel if we like can make it work then. Yeah. And I also feel like the hot tent is uh not just a luxury, it's more of a morale booster. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you can get a fire going and if we have to wait out a storm, um get a fire going, stay dry and uh wake up, get a fire going and then then get to rolling. I mean, I feel like that's just a recharge and yeah. just something as simple as just having that stove cherry red and just being warm. It's not just a luxury. It is a luxury, but I feel like it's a more, it's a morale booster. I mean, yeah. okay, we're, we're ready to go. Cause we can go out and play in the storm and then we can come back and get a fire going again. So it doesn't last very long, but it's definitely nice. Yeah. That, uh, Alpine hunt we went on when it was soaking wet and then we had to wait out the fog and the rain. We were in there for almost the entire day. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, eating some bear sausage and crackers and, and yeah, that was good. Yeah. It makes a huge, huge difference. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm getting, uh, getting pretty excited, but we got a lot of good stuff in between now and then. We you do. Got, uh, you got plans for the opener? Uh, yes. Uh, brother and I, we're going to go out. Um, uh, he's never done any alpine hunting. So, um, I'm going to take him up. We're going to go, uh, try to get him a buck. Um, don't know where I'm going yet. I just know we're going to go somewhere. So looking forward to that. He gets first dibs. So, um, uh, yeah, should be good. And then after that, um, hopefully a lot of hunting trips in between mm-hmm. then and caribou. So yeah, yeah. hopefully a goat, goat trip too. So we're allowed to shoot two goats now. So, <laughs> but it's hard enough just to get one. So it's like, yeah, that's I mean, pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got, um, got plans for the open. I got a buddy from California coming up and then, uh, Abby's parents come up, so they get here on the I think the sixteenth. So between uh, the first and the sixteenth, just going to be all out. We might have to try to do the goat sometime in there. Ooh, so sweet. It'll be before I have school, and that's when. Because uh, once school starts, things are are pretty crazy. Yeah, I'm going to be taking that week off for uh, once we get rolling. So I do a lot of training those first couple of weeks, but uh, I think there's something cool about. I think the kids kind of respect it. if you're just taking days off to kind of hang out. But if you're going on an epic hunt with your wife, I think it's a yeah, that's pretty cool. It's kind of a cool thing. I know some of the kids will definitely respect it. Who knows if that's going to lead to them actually doing their work while I'm gone? But uh, like, ah, oh, it's cool. Lund's uh, Lund's gone. He's doing something big. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. get some get some cred maybe. But cool. We'll see. Uh, yeah. When does go open up? Is it on the first for over the counter? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I had to double check that because everything else is like the 10th or the 15th. I think the draws are the 15th or something like that. So. Yeah. And then sheep is uh, always the 15th. Except for the youth hunts, right? The youth, uh, youth sheep hunts? Sheep is the 10th. 10th? Yeah. 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 And then the uh, non-federally qualified deer over on Prince of Wales is the 16th. Yes. So, yeah, there are some some funky dates in there, but actually I got the... Yeah, I got to read the fine print. Do you have the uh, the app? I do have the app. It's the, a it's, the it's fishing cool. game app. Yeah, I like yeah. the fishing game app. You can check stuff out, but there's just something about flipping through the pages of the uh, of the reg book. I could get the new one. This is the 22, 23. Is the new one out? The new one is out. out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've seen it. A uh, couple stores. I've not picked one up yet, but I uh, should probably pick one up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like looking online too. Emergency orders and stuff like that. You never mm-hmm. know what they're popping out. So it's just good to just check quick uh quick check before you head out so yeah august 1st for the uh, remainder and then august 15th for the uh draws nice. yeah nice you good that and i like looking at all the photos seeing all the kids and everybody holding up their trophies there was one yeah, in here cool. that abby and i thought oh man was that didn't look full curl but i mean i mean this is a a picture that's printed thousands of times so it's not going to be the best of uh, resolution. That, and it could be a any RAM. Could have been an any RAM. Could have been a... Well, is there anywhere that is any any RAM? I think there's a few spots in the state where there's an any RAM tag. I know there's a... Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. I figured if, if it was going to be anything, it would be for the sheep. Yeah. Um, yeah, full curl. Or if it was going to be uh, um, for the youth hunts. But, yeah, we didn't find uh, anything that wasn't full curl for sheep. <laughs> but, yeah, there's – I don't know where the picture was. There's some nice moose in here. Uh, nice moose. Nice there's a couple moose. nice goats. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I definitely got moose on the brain too. Some caribou. That would be a nice thing too. You don't have to buy any of the other tags. Yes. So we can go in there. We can just go full up. So if – I mean – happen to be in an area we're looking up and oh my gosh that thing might be full curl what happens then what if uh what if we see something there you you have first shot on anything mm. um what if what if there's something over there we might think is a full goat full goat full curl <laughs> full yeah oh uh, sorry not goat sheep yeah i don't know uh i'm thinking right now in my brain just well i mean if it's a full curl ram we're probably gonna have to pursue that because i've never killed a ram yet so um, I don't know. I'm going to try to focus most of my energy on caribou. Um, of course. Yeah. I don't feel like we have enough time to go sheep hunt and then caribou hunt. No. Nope. So, but if we see an obvious, wow, he is, he needs a second look, then yeah, second looks are going to have to happen. That's just yeah. name of the game. It yeah, was some of these caribou that are up a little higher in elevation, it kind of puts you in that territory where you can look up a little bit further and you can kind of see that be a temptation. But I think that would be a tragic, well, not tragic, but hey, let's just go take a look. And then you end up spending a day or two up there chasing that and then mm -hmm. end up, before you know it, time runs out. So got to stay focused on that, not uh, get too too squirrely up there. But um, yeah, it doesn't hurt. All it takes is printer paper yeah. to get more tags. I might as well. Yeah, yeah, we're going to a spot. I mean, we just gotta, we just gotta have have our, all of our tags and in, in our hand, and then you know just cross that bridge when we get there, type of thing. That's yeah. kind of the way I'm feeling as of right now, anyway. So, yeah, it's gonna be an adventure. Yeah, I think the the thousand to one. If you were in Vegas, you know you can bet on all kinds of different things. I think the thousand to one, the dark horse result is that uh, Abby decides to stay near camp because it's the hot tent and she shoots a mega moose. And she figures, well, I'll just figure I'd pack it myself because she's the type of person who would look. I mean, she went elk hunting by herself with her bow because she's, she's strong and well, independent. I'll just, I'll just figure out. Um, figure out what to do. So, she, well, you guys were out at the caribou and I was near camp and it was right there. I don't think that's going to happen, but that would be hilarious because she's the type of person who would, yeah, I just, I had two or three days, so I figured I'd just start packing it and you guys do your thing. I'll take care of this. That's great. That is great. I mean, <laughs> moose meat in camp, I mean, shoot away. Yeah, that's, but to take that endeavor on by yourself, I mean, I've, I think some of those moose quarters can get pretty, pretty Huge. She's stubborn she, though. She's the, oh, I'll just figure it out. Perfect. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Tough. Yeah, tough. got your hands full. Got the hands full. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But um, yeah, I don't. I the reason why I don't think that that would happen is I, she's going to be all in on on being up there. I don't yeah. think she's like going to hang out at camp and eat cookies or anything like that. She's not that type. So we can uh, do that after we get some animals on the ground. Yeah, hang out, eat cookies, and drink beer. Yeah, I uh, I don't want to expect things or put um, expectations out there. But is Hannah going to make some cookies again? I I think so. I would assume so. She's uh, pretty good at keeping uh, in the dessert department. So it's amazing. I'm not bigger than I am. So. Yeah, man, those cookies up last time were great. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, just a home home cooked cookie is like awesome. I mean, granted, we were just driving on the road, but still reaching back for another cookie is like, oh, why not? Yeah, yeah. We we ate pretty well on that trip. Being able to go to Fred Meyer and eat that sandwich stuff since we ended up back in the truck. Yeah, I feel like we're gonna have days. I feel like we're going to have adult supervision this time. So we're probably, uh, I don't want to, you know, if we're going to get the side eye from, from Abby cause we're being absolute pigs. Like <laughs> you guys need to slow down or <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, 
No, it'll be fun. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited it'll be for good. it. So, uh, really happy you guys are going. So. Yeah, I'm glad it could work. I'm glad you could push it back a week. That first, first week of school is just so tough to get the kids trained on, on the what the expectations are and what we're going to do and how things work. So mm-hmm. glad you could push it back, and it's going to be a lot of fun to go there and look forward to yeah. getting you a, a nice uh, nice caribou. Yeah, I've, yeah. first, you know, my, my planning, I was like, well, I'm going to go regardless, so – I was like, well, come hell or high water, you know, I'm gonna go by myself. So that's just kind of, kind of how how it was going. And I was calling up buddies, hey, what do you got going on? And stuff was coming up, which is which is fine. And at first, I was gonna two weeks, and it was a lot of time off. And it's like, okay, it's gonna be an adventure, but it's two weeks off. And so it's like, oh man, that's a lot to ask. So, but my dates were flexible. So um, then we were out fishing on the boat, and it's like when are you leaving again? Well, I'm going out this date, but my days are flexible. Okay. Day goes on. We're catching tiny halibut <laughs> and then bring it up again. So what are your dates again? Then you start yeah. looking at the calendar, doing whatever you were doing and said, my dates are flexible. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have to put more thought into that. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, we're going. Yeah. So the big thing was not drawing the mule deer tag that I'd, I'd put in for in Wyoming. I was pretty sure that I'd, I had, a couple of points and I would draw where I wanted to go. Mm. And so I was, you know, I think last year, um, a hundred percent of the people with the amount of points that I had had drawn. So you figure, yeah, shoot. If I don't have a hundred percent chance, I at least have really good odds to draw it. Yeah. But I didn't draw. So that was a couple hundred bucks for the tag and then trip down there, rental car up to Wyoming. So it really was just more of a, put that into tickets to to go up there and do that so it really is yeah easy to 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 do that it was weird to kind of be excited that i didn't draw that because i in the back of my head i was like man this would be such a fun hunt to go on um and it is fun to just go on hunts you don't Mm -hmm. have to be the shooter i'm excited to um put the camera lenses to work and that's gonna be pretty fun yeah you gonna take photos or got a plan for that or i'm gonna try to make like a film I'm going to try to like do it. I've made some little videos for YouTube. I'm going to try to do a full on, full on thing and have the story and do the, that'd be pretty cool and do the all, do the whole thing. So I've been talking with a lot of people, had a lot of podcasts this spring with those creators. And just because you talk to people and it makes sense doesn't mean you can actually do it, but, uh, execute you know, on it, give it a shot. Yeah. Um, so I mean, worst case scenario, it just ends up looking like a YouTube video, which some of those are really fun. They're mm-hmm. good to watch. Uh, but I'm gonna try to make it, you know, look more like a, like a film rather than a YouTube video. Oh, so, wow! Yeah, no pressure, huh? But uh, yeah, I'll probably get, you have to get a lot of the B-roll and you have to get a lot of that other stuff too. And I might be kind of tired of it. You yeah. Know, some people talk about how much they enjoy that part of the hunt, whereas other people are like I don't want to film because it takes me away from the hunt. So um, that could be the thing that it ends up being cumbersome or a pain or like i just want to be present rather than have to film everything or look through everything through the through a lens so yeah be worried um, about capturing you know a, a moment or something like that yeah rather than yeah because once you, yeah, once you start important. you have to be in it there are sometimes you go out there and you get a whole bunch of b-roll but then you'll get any exciting stuff and so the story ends up being a whole bunch of exposition and not much conflict and not much story here's how it happened and here's the pack out it's just hiking and hanging out and eating and lighting the jet boil and eating and joking around and then shot and it's over. It's like, well, what? Not, what not, yeah. Not much of a story there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, we'll see. Cool. How does Abby feel about this? She's excited. She's excited. She, she loves the adventure. She loves experiences and she's in much better shape than she was last year. Nice. Um, so yeah, she's, she's pretty excited uh, to get up there. She's really excited. She's, I think, uh, since I'm going to be going out with my buddy Danny for the opener, she's thinking about hunting by herself for the That's opener. That's awesome. And then um, really wants to get a goat. Um, so yeah, she wants she wants deer. She wants a mountain goat under the belt before. And she doesn't really like rut hunting because it's super wet and we don't do real well a lot. And it's busy. Yeah. So she's like, I I will shoot all four in the Alpine if I can. That is awesome. Yeah. 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 That and they just, I mean, I don't know. I feel like they taste better in August and September when you mm-hmm. go up and shoot them. And I don't know if that's because you're working a little harder for them. You know, you're going out, going, climbing a mountain and, and going to shoot them there. But I feel like they just taste a lot better than that. 
Yeah, the, what they're eating up there, that uh, deer heart and deer cabbage. I mean, just green leafy, super, super, super good. And once they kind of get down off that, they're eating some of the muskeg plants and stuff. And if they've transitioned to eating salal and whatnot, you know, it's you are what you eat. Yeah. And then you add in the uh, the hormones and everything. So. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to go fast. It's going to be here before we know it. Then yep. it's going to be over before we know it. So I'm sure we'll do at least one more podcast as we get things more dialed in. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, got a nice evening. Enjoy the evening. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you check out uh, onstepalaska.com and uh, talk to you next time.